0: Hello, welcome to Adrian Goldberg's talk show in central London today where my guest is the broadcaster Johnny Gould who recently found himself caught up innocently in the scandal of the President's Club the charity event where female waiting staff were groped and otherwise treated inappropriately by some of the all-male guests. Now, Johnny was wrongly named as one of the hosts of the event in a number of national newspapers. He took them on. Johnny, hello. Just, uh, Hi, just tell Adrian. us why you, why you want to share this with us.
1: The reason I want to share this with everyone is a simple one, which is whether you are a figure who's out there, who is known, or indeed just a regular member of the public, you have the power in the social media era to take on those who've transgressed your reputation and beat them.
0: Let's talk about your reputation being transgressed then, because the President's Club scandal, the whistle was initially blown on it by the Financial Times. How did you find out that you had been wrongly named as one of the hosts?
1: The Jeremy Vine Show, I have a contact there who said, hey, Johnny, would you like to comment on the President's Club? And I'd been away on a train coming back from France, so I hadn't read about it. So I just thought they wanted me on as a talking head. They'd obviously found someone on the other side of the argument and uh, I sort of promptly chucked back a few words without having read the article. And then having opened up the article that they sent me, I recoiled at my name as word six and seven of the article. And that means that basically anyone who had shown any interest in the article might have trailed off at word 200 but every single one of them would have taken my name in and thought about that name oh it's that bloke off sky news or off talk radio whatever and my reputation and maybe even my jobs would have been shot to pieces by the morning I was very concerned very immediately I kindly turned down the opportunity from the Jeremy Vine show and got to work
0: You talk about the threat to your reputation. Once this had started appearing in national newspapers and obviously in their online versions as well, what kind of reaction
1: came your way on social media? There were some very, very unpleasant tweets, which in the heat of the story that day, and boy, oh boy, was it hot, were tweets by members of the public saying, at David Walliams, at Johnny Gould, at Boris Johnson, um, ashamed of yourselves and all this kind of thing, and then they then repeated the Madison Marriage story as a link which then was free to read without the paywall of the FT to cause more damage.
0: Madison Marriage was one of the waitresses but an FT journalist who had gone undercover
1: and who didn't distinguish which Johnny Gould she was talking about. The problem in the modern internet era and these are things that are only apparent once the heat of these stories gets delivered is that robots on Twitter then extract the first 20 words with either a Facebook link or a Bitly link or any other link that they work with and then print, tweet the first 20, 30 words of which Johnny Gould was part of it and translate it. I saw my name in Italian, in French, all over the world very, very quickly. And I thought, I'm in tr- real trouble here. Then I get a text from my friend Jonathan Friedland said, I won't go to bed until you tweet something. And there was, I have to say, a frisson of sudden shock and excitement at this because I knew that this was probably a big story, but I didn't know if it would be damaging or not or whether actually it would be no publicity is bad publicity. I decided pretty quickly, having read it, that actually this was pretty serious and this would probably make headlines. I did make the judgment about if it appeared in the FT how wide it would be received and of course it was extremely widely received. My friend, my comrade Johnny Friedland said very quickly I'm not going to bed until you distance yourself from this. I tweeted something very quickly and that started to allay the worst work because friends of mine who knew me in the media with lots of followers started liking and retweeting it, but that really wasn't the end of it at all. Phil Williams, who was presenting a nighttime show on Five Live at the time, incredibly found time to text me while he was on air, saying, is this you? I said, of course it isn't. He said, thought not. Um, what are you going to do? I said, well, I've put out a, a tweet. And, of course, I then went to bed, having left it, and in the morning, I looked at the notifications, and there were literally hundreds of them, some of them had caught fire. Some of them had retweeted and retweeted. There was one particular tweet which had 600 retweets. There were some individual tweets who... There were people who were um, taking time out of their day to say, Sky News, disgraceful dinosaur Johnny Gould, how dare you employ him again, and all this thing. And they had a picture of me with stary eyes, looking a bit strange, and a quote from the article saying, welcome to the most un-PC event of the year, said Johnny Gould. And sending it off to Sky News, ordering me to be sacked. I obviously dropped an email to Sky and to Talk Radio and various other places, you know this isn't me, lots of love, see you next week, hopefully, Johnny. And to be fair to the people who were slandering or libeling me, I said, it's not me, kindly remove your tweet. All of them but one said, many apologies, Thank you very much. And they did delete it. One didn't. And it was at that point that I brought in a brilliant libel lawyer by the name of Mark Lewis. He of the Millie Dowler case, he of fighting on behalf of Jack Monroe against Katie Hopkins, and he who very swiftly wrote to the FT and indeed to The Sun and one or two other publications,
0: Given that you were able to counter the allegations relatively swiftly on social media, why didn't you just let it lie at that point? Why did you decide legally to challenge the FT and the Sun?
1: Because it was running away from me, Adrian. Initially, I could deal with the individual tweets, but then mid-morning came and there were three a minute, and it was like being at the fairground trying to knock the moles over with a hammer and it was getting out of control. And there was this one tweet that had 600 retweets over a period of day, and I, I literally could not deal with the fan of impressions that that was creating. It was the one which, at tag, identified me and David Walliams, and for some reason Boris Johnson, I think he was part of a, a prize, you know, have dinner with Boris Johnson... You know, and do I hear you know the big banker over there bidding 30 grand and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, I'll have dinner with Boris, blimey, Bullingdon, here we come, bravo! And that we were disgraceful and that we were misogynists, and it was just very bad news.
0: So even though you had tried to shut it down, you'd taken to social media to defend your reputation, overnight the story had continued to grow, and the slur, the stain on your reputation continued to grow as well.
1: I needed an apology, that was the first thing, and I also needed them on social media, on Twitter, and on their website to clarify which Johnny Gould it was. It's not me. And furthermore, that wasn't enough, because often you see, don't you, on page 37 the next day, a tiny little bottom-hand right corner, you know, we'd like to uh, clarify that the David Smith we reported on yesterday isn't, in fact, the estate agent, it's the you know it's the keyboard warrior and we'd like to apologize and i thought well that's 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 just not enough because i am a tv presenter a radio presenter and the next time i'm on tv spouting off about anything i don't want someone to say misogynist president's club this that and the other
0: and just so we're clear we're not ascribing any inappropriate behavior to any other individual no. but the johnny gould who was at the president's club shares a name with you but wasn't you
1: I want to say I know Johnny Gould, and I tweeted him that night, I texted him, I should say, and I said, listen, I just want you to know you've probably seen the action that I've taken. I want you to know very clearly that I'm not angry with you at all. In fact, I really want to say that the guy has raised millions of pounds with his celebrity auctions. The guy is a force for good. He brags out the language being saloon bar and industrial but nevertheless he gets guys out there to give up 40 50 grand for one-off prizes you can't buy and that money goes to worthy causes so it really is very important to say that he didn't do anything wrong he did what he does he does it beautifully and brilliantly and long may his career continue i wish him all the best he wrote back saying take good care mate And so me and Johnny are cool. My anger was with the clumsy bit of journalism.
0: That conflated that Johnny Gould with this Johnny Gould.
1: Here we go. (laughs) And so uh, Mark Lewis, my lawyer, I was at the bottom of the well screaming up, saying, help, what do I do? And he laid it out very clearly. He told me what the charges would be. He said it was no win, no fee, and that he would take his fees, which were not unreasonable, from any damages that I might be uh, awarded. He said that my case was absolutely clear. He told me the sort of money that was involved. He said that that might not be a lot of money to you or to anyone but it's not the sort of thing we can take to court because a High Court judge would take a dim view of trying to get, I don't know, five or six thousand pounds worth of damages whilst costing the court three hundred grand. Not funny, not cool. So we went to work and in the morning Mark started writing emails to the various publications and of course this is the old lesson that we're taught in journalism if you repeat a story that is libelous you repeat the libel so the FT had had conflated my identity one or two other journals The Sun included had added that without actually qualifying which Johnny Gould it was the FT were extremely gentlemanly. They put their hands up and then a short negotiation ended and then a settlement was made. It's not about the money. It's a kind of... I got an apology. They wrote an apology at the bottom. They tweeted to their three million followers, this isn't me. They, We'd asked them for three tweets. They delivered two. It's okay, we're cool. They put at the bottom of the website that it wasn't me they should have put it at the top they didn't okay whatever and so I thought it wasn't complete without some sort of punitive damages it's not the money it's the kind of you should be punished you got that wrong and by the way maybe without my knowledge maybe you could put a memo out to your people saying next time you find a name which has a common surname and a common first name why don't you check out the array of people who called that name and then put some kind of tag in front of them you know the newsagent, you know, Jahangir Khan. Not the squash player or something like that. <laughs> you know, or the, uh, the Aston Villa centre-forward Johnny Gould, which is m- <laughs> me between midnight and eight every uh, every night.
0: Were the Sun as gracious as the FT?
1: Yes, they were. Um, I'm very grateful to the council that t- took them on and took this case on between the parties. Very, very happy with them. Um, there are one or two other publications who um I think due to the fact that they probably don't have a lot of money are fighting it a bit they shouldn't uh, in those cases I'm not going to mention who they are they are um, they're contesting that they didn't do me the requisite damage because they're not big enough or that uh, it wasn't our fault gov but they have and indeed, I'm actually not asking for the money. I'm asking for an apology and maybe a donation to a charity and perhaps pay the fees for my uh, for my lawyer. That's really all I'm doing. But they need to acknowledge it. They cannot get away with it. It's very, very important that the media is held to account. And what did make me laugh in the middle of all the heat and being thrown down the well was that David Meller resigned during the day. And in my head, I went, ''Oh, blimey, was he involved?'' And it turns out, of course, it's David Mellor with a different surname. I don't know who he is. Maybe he's a businessman, but he resigned as well. Not the former Chelsea supporting MP. No, uh, he's he's still a current Chelsea fan, but he's a former MP. Let's be absolutely (laughs) clear on that. Um.
0: Uh, Johnny, after the Leveson inquiry and after the phone hacking scandal, we were told that newspapers were determined to clean up their act. Now, I'm not suggesting that the wrong that was done to you was in any way equivalent to the damage done to those who had had their phones hacked, the loss of privacy and so on. But you were clearly hurt and felt that your reputation had been damaged. Do you think the newspapers have learnt the lesson, the media generally?
1: Judging from the swift way, the respectable titles, and I include The Sun in that, the big heavyweight titles have dealt with me I would say yes I think some of the more unwieldy areas of the blogosphere are more difficult to manage I really have the single message which is that even if you've got 10 followers even if you don't know where to turn you go to a no win no fee libel lawyer you reply to as many or all of the tweets that you get in your name. You then address that with the publisher, if you possibly can. And we are democratic enough, I think, I hope, for anyone, whether they're a normal member of the public or someone with a, with a, at least some kind of a profile, to deal with. And Mark Lewis said something very kind to me in the depths of my despair at about 10 o'clock that following morning, which is, at least you have a reputation to defend.